Chapter 38 Jake We spent a bad night, Cassie, Rachel, and I. Cassie and I went to our homes. Rachel spent the night at Cassie's house, because otherwise she'd have to explain to her mom why she wasn't at gymnastics camp. Rachel was still shaky, but her memory was almost all the way back to normal. I figured the best thing for her would be to spend some time with Cassie. As for me, I dragged myself home at almost midnight. There was no question. I was grounded. I didn't even argue. No TV, no Sega. Inside the house by 5 o'clock. Wash all the dishes. Take out all the trash. For two weeks. And oh, by the way, clean out the garage. I didn't even say anything but, yes sir, and, yes ma'am, and, I'm really sorry I worried you. Then I went up to my room and tried not to imagine what Visitor 3 was doing to Axe and Marco. I've never felt so tired and so bad. I fell asleep in my clothes, face down, on my unmade bed. We were beaten. That's what I fell asleep thinking. We were done. The dust monster would be back. We had survived, most of us, but we would never be able to morph safely. We Animorphs were finished. The battle was done. Nothing now stood between the Yurks and complete control of Earth. And you know what? That thought just made me feel relieved. I was too tired to fight. Too tired. The next thing I knew... A booga 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 booga! What? I sat up, spun around, twisting myself up with my sheets, then promptly fell out of my bed. Marco laughed so hard he started crying. How did you get in here? I demanded. Then, you're alive? No, I am the ghost of Marco. Fear me. What time is it? Like ten in the morning, Marco said. He went to the window and opened the blinds. I recoiled from the bright sunlight. Cassie said the velet carried you away. Yes, it did. And now we're going steady. Look, get with it. Wake up, fearless leader. We're all alive and waiting for you to come and lead the counterattack. Counterattack? I glanced at the door. Don't worry, Marco said. Tom's out, I checked. I can't go anywhere, I said. I'm so busted for coming in late. Um, yeah. I talked to your dad on my way up. He mentioned that little fact. He said if you clean the garage, you can go out for a while. It seemed very important to him. Like, maybe if you cleaned the garage, he would be the happiest guy in the world. Sure, why not? My mom has been after him for a month to clean the garage, so now he gets to dump it off on me. Why wouldn't he be happy? You going to help me? Me? Help clean the garage? As if. I smiled. I'm glad you're not dead, Marco. Me too. Get everyone together. Give me three hours to deal with the garage. We'll meet at the edge of the woods. No one morphs. Got that? No one morphs. Chapter 39 Cassie I can't believe you guys were doing all of this while I was sleeping. Tobias raged. Playing tag with some dust monster from Saturn? Rachel having amnesia till Marco plowed into her with a truck? Escaping from Visitor 3's blade ship? And I'm sleeping the entire time? No way! I missed all the fun! You're the only one who can't morph, Jake said matter-of-factly. So the Velik isn't interested in you. Lucky you. It's the morphing that this Velik goes after. 
Marco said, grinning his taunting grin. It, or they, I should say, eat energy. It's not interested in your deep-fried hot legs. Come stand over here, Marco, Tobias said. Stand under my branch. Everyone laughed, except me. I hadn't slept much. It wasn't the dream this time. It was the memory. The dream had become real. And what sleep I had was broken by images of myself, scared and shivering, while the Velik hovered above us and finally dove on Marco. I didn't like that memory. I don't mind being scared. We're all scared. But I didn't like knowing that I had kept myself safe at Marco's expense. There was only one word for a person who would do that. Coward. I didn't like that word. It twisted inside me. Okay, here's what we know, Jake said. 1. The Velik is sort of an insect swarm. The individual particles spread out till they sense a type of energy they can eat. Then they call the swarm together. The swarm forms into this beast that chews through anything. 2. Visser 3 has altered this creature to serve his own purpose. Yes, Axe said. It is fairly simple, really. The Yurks reprogrammed the beast to hunt for morph energy, but to eat a different kind of energy, the power of their spacecraft engines. Rachel nodded, like a trained hunting dog. A hunting dog chases the fox or whatever, but only because its master will give it food of a different kind. The Velik chased morph energy, brought the morph to its master, then was rewarded with energy from the ships. Exactly, Jake said. The Velik is Visser 3's dog, and unfortunately, it is awesome. Maybe unbeatable. No, I said quietly. Not unbeatable. It couldn't lift Rachel when she was in elephant mode. She was too heavy. It has limits. Also, on board the blade ship, the Yurks used water to control the Velik. Everyone was looking at me now. Jake said, So, what do we do with this information? I... I have a plan, I said. I took a deep breath. But I have one condition. I have to be the one who does it. I told them my plan. Cassie, this is beyond dangerous, Jake said when I was done. Why should you do it? Because. I looked at Marco and met his gaze. I let the Velik take Marco. I could have morphed. I could have drawn it to me. I let it take Marco. Marco smiled wryly. Cassie, it's no big deal. Here I am, fine and healthy, and as cute as ever. That's not the point, I said. I was a coward. Rachel rolled her eyes. Good grief, Cassie. You have been in every fight we've been in. You are the furthest thing in the world from being a coward. Easy for you to say, Xena, warrior princess. What? Don't you remember? That's what Marco calls you. Rachel made a face. I guess there are still one or two holes in my memory. She looked over suspiciously at Marco. Do I like it when you call me that, or do I kick your butt? Nice try, Rachel, but you can't distract me. I'm doing this, I said flatly. It's my plan. I'm doing it. Cassie, Jake said, pleading with his eyes. I took his hand in mine and gave it a squeeze. You know it's a good plan, Jake, and you know I'm the person to do it. It's a new morph with no chance to try it out first and I'm the best morpher. No one said anything. I could see worry in Jake's eyes. Rachel put her hand on my shoulder. All right, 
Jake said heavily. Let's go to the beach. Chapter 40 Tobias I caught a beautiful thermal rising up from the cliffs along the ocean. Just perfect. I spread my wings and felt the warm updraft grab me. It was like being fired out of a slingshot. I rose and rose and circled high above the ocean. I needed all the altitude I could get. I could not believe that Cassie felt like the weak link in our group. I mean, I was the one who had slept through half of what happened. It was embarrassing. It was frustrating. The only good thing was that at least I had a role to play in Cassie's plan. Normally, a red-tailed hawk is not a water bird. We don't fly that well over water, because over water you don't get thermals. But I was way, way up, and with a little luck, I could stay aloft long enough to find what I was looking for. I headed out to sea, and as soon as I was well out over the grey-blue water, I felt the air grow slack. I worked the headwind to compensate, though, and I was able to hang on to most of my altitude. All the while, I scanned the ocean beneath me. I have amazing vision, but it isn't adapted for seeing through water, like a bald eagle's or an osprey's. Still, if what I was searching for was down there, I'd see it well enough. I was getting tired by the time I spotted the spout. It was actually back, closer to shore than I was flying. That was lucky. I turned south a bit and veered at an angle that brought me nearer to shore, though still more than two miles out from the beach. And then, it was just below me. I could see it plowing majestically through the waves. It rose and blew out its lungs, then dove again. It reappeared a hundred yards further south. Always south. I wheeled to my left and headed back toward shore. I was tired and glad to see land, but I wouldn't get much of a chance to rest. The real test was still ahead. With my hawk's eyes, I swept the beach below. It was not crowded, but still, it took a few minutes to find them. I spilled air and dropped down to meet my friends. I have one for you, Cassie, I said. I found a whale. Chapter 41 Cassie I'm just saying there are people who should be lying out on the beach, and there are people who shouldn't be, Marco said. Do you see fat, hairy old guys in Speedos on Baywatch? No. No. On Baywatch, they have a law against it. David Hasselhoff kicks anybody off the beach who isn't good-looking. We need the Hasselhoff law here. That's all I'm saying. So you wouldn't mind never going to the beach, Marco? Rachel said wanly, not really interested in playing put-down games with Marco. We walked along the beach pretending everything was normal, pretending we weren't worried, pretending everything was fine. Rachel was still quiet. I think the experience of losing her memory had shaken her up. Rachel is someone who is always in control. She's very brave at dealing with threats. But this was something new to her, a threat that had come from inside. Marco was trying too hard to tell jokes and make everyone relax. He felt somehow he was responsible for my feeling bad. He wanted to tell me that he didn't blame me, but he'd already told me, and I'd said thanks and still felt bad. Marco didn't know how to deal with that, so he tried to make everyone laugh. Jake was one big tension machine. He hides it well, but I know him. I know when he's upset. It's something you see in the way he presses his lips together a little too hard, and a certain hooded look in his eyes. And then, Tobias was back. I have one for you, Cassie, he said. I found a whale. 
I waved at him. Tobias told us where the whale was. Jake stopped walking. You don't have to do this, Cassie. The force of the impact. If you hit too fast. Besides, maybe the Velik isn't even around anymore. I couldn't look him in the eye. He was offering me an easy way out. I didn't want to be tempted. I'm going in, I said as calmly as I could. I could do this, Cassie, Rachel said. Do three morphs, six changes, including one that's totally new, all that quickly? I asked her. You all say I'm the fastest morpher, the one who gets control over a new morph easiest. I'm the person for this job. To my surprise, Jake nodded. Cassie's right. It's her job. He took my hand. But we'll be right there for you. The four of us walked into the surf. Axe had to sit this one out. He would have had to morph into his original form, and that probably wouldn't have gone over too well at the beach. We had chosen a spot far from the lifeguards. We didn't want someone deciding we needed to be rescued. I splashed into the cold surf. Water bubbled around my ankles, then my legs, my waist. I plunged forward and swam away from the shore. The others were right beside me. Tobias had flown to the top of the cliff to rest for a few seconds. I swam out to sea, and as I swam, I focused on the first morph. Some morphs are terrifying. Some are disgusting. Some overwhelm you with their animal instincts of hunger and fear. Other morphs make you feel invincible with their power. And some morphs, not many, but a few, are simply wonderful. As I swam, I felt my face bulge out and out and out. I felt my legs begin to fuse together. I felt my skin become thick and rubbery. I could even feel when my lungs shut down for a moment, and a second later were sucking air from a hole behind my head. From far off, I heard Tobias's thoughts speak, faint but understandable. It's coming! The V-Leg! It's coming! I was a creature with feet but no legs, hands that were flat and gray and no arms. I had human eyes that still stung from the salt water, but a blowhole in the back of my neck. I was half human, half bottlenose dolphin. I rolled onto my side to look upward, and there it was, Visser Three's hunting dog, the Velik, the dust monster, a tornado of energy-hungry particles that swirled like a small tornado. I dove beneath the waves, and when I surfaced, it was still there, but it had not come closer. It doesn't like the water, Marco said. I guess not, I agreed. You were right, Cassie, Rachel said. Let's hope so. I felt the last of the changes as I became a true dolphin. The joy! I had forgotten how happy a dolphin was. It seemed strange, given what we were up against. But still, with all our worry, the dolphin joy was hard to contain. Let's go find this whale, Rachel said. We took off at full dolphin speed. I fired a series of clicks from the organ in my head. The clicks resounded through the water and came back to me in echoes. The echoes painted a picture of what was in the water around me. I have him on echolocation, I told the others. Yeah, Jake agreed. A little left, not far now. Soon I could see the whale crashing through the water. We raced up alongside him, faster than he was, but insignificant beside his huge bulk. It was like running next to a truck or a train. His flank was a gray wall, scarred and dotted with crusts of barnacles. 
Little ones, the whale said in a voice that was not a voice, in words that were not really words at all. Strange clouds above. He kept moving, not really caring whether we were there or not. The Velik kept pace above us, not able to attack, but not drawn off either. Okay guys, it's time, I said. Get ready. I began to demorph. Easier said than done. I was moving at whale speed, much faster than I could swim as a human. Great one, do not dive, I asked the whale. Whether he heard me or understood me, let alone agreed, I could not say. It's hard to describe the way a whale communicates. The dolphins can hear their thought speech, but it isn't words, really. More like strange, beautiful pictures that simply appear in your mind. Jake and Rachel each sidled up next to me. They pressed their snouts against me and pushed me through the water. I demorphed, and slowly my dolphin tail split to become legs. My flippers sliced into fingers. I was fully human again and gasping for breath, with my face just out of the water. Just two feet off the water, the vela covered, hungry, waiting for a chance. I pressed my human hand against the side of the whale. I focused my mind on the process of acquiring. It felt... wrong, somehow. As if I should have asked this whale's permission. But the slow, vague communication of whales does not allow for explanations. I needed his DNA. He slowed and almost stopped. It was the acquiring trance. All animals become calm when they are being acquired. But it was hard to think of the whale as just being an animal. I had dealt with whales before. They are not intelligent in the same way humans are. But they have minds and, I believe, souls. When I was done acquiring the Great One's DNA, I took my hands from him. I'm done, I said, getting a mouthful of salt water. My friend slowed down and the whale pulled away. Now I was one of the most awkward things in the world, a human being in the ocean. I didn't fear drowning because my friends were all around me in dolphin morph. But with the velik hanging above us like a low ceiling of gnashing teeth, it was creepy. Is Tobias ready? I asked. He's above the velik, Jake said. How are you holding up? So far, pa. I spat salt water out of my mouth. So far, so good. I'm ready. Chapter 42 Tobias It was not my favorite kind of flying. Hawks are not like geese. We can't just power fly, hour after hour. Personally, I don't know how geese do it. A hawk likes a little bit of headwind to get a lift for the takeoff. I had that, at least. But most of the time we hunt from trees, swooping down on unwary mice or rabbits. We don't go for serious altitude unless we can get some free lift from a thermal. Otherwise, it's hard work, flapping and flapping for altitude. But I couldn't complain. Cassie had a worse job. She rode my back in cockroach morph. She had to finish the morph while literally underwater to keep away from the velik. She had morphed from human to dolphin to human to cockroach already. And more was coming. Hanging in there? I asked her. Yeah, I'm fine. Is the velik following us? No, the others are keeping it distracted down below. They're doing partial morphs, keeping it down near the surface of the water. Good, how are you doing? No problem, I said. It was a lie. I was straining for every foot of altitude I could get, 
and I was wearing out. I had to get up as high as possible. Cassie would need every foot I could give her. We were making progress. At about a hundred feet, I caught a nice gust of wind that I rode up to a thousand feet or so. But then it was dead air for a while. Totally dead air. And I was struggling. Tobias? Yeah, Cassie? Think this will work? If I get you enough altitude, it will work. Are you ever afraid? She asked me. Who, me? I'm afraid of everything. I know I'm a predator and all, but do you know how many predators I have after me? Every golden eagle, every falcon. You know how fast they are? It's like getting hit by a bullet. They make me look like the Goodyear blimp. Then there are the raccoons and foxes and snakes, and even the occasional nervy house cat. And that's just the natural environment. Add to that the yurks, and the fact that I wake up sometimes and don't remember exactly what I am, boy or bird. Yeah, Cassie, I'm afraid a lot of the time. How do you handle it? Who says I handle it? There's only one way to deal with fear. Be afraid. Be afraid, and then go ahead and do what you have to do anyway. Yeah, I guess that's true. Listen, Tobias, if I don't make it... Oh, shut up. You're going to make it. If I don't... If I don't... You know, then tell Jake that someday he has to tell my parents, okay? Someday, if it's ever safe, tell them what happened to me. Promise? Sure, Cassie. I promise. Just don't tell my dad what happened to his truck. She added, forcing a brave laugh. He thinks it was stolen. We'd better leave it at that. Cassie? This is it, kid. I can't go any higher. Okay, Tobias. Thanks for the ride. I felt her scuttle down along my wing, and a second later, I saw her falling, spinning. A girl who had become a cockroach, now falling from a mile up, trying to draw a monster to attack her. A girl who thought she was a coward. It's amazing how people can just not know themselves at all. With my hawk eyes, I saw her grow and grow, as human DNA reasserted itself. And I saw the velik turn its many mouths toward the sky. Hello, Phanomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs auditory experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel. I don't really have anything to say, and I am once again recording my outro right before bedtime, so let's just get in, get out, get all this stuff done, and we can both be on our ways, huh? So thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, you can find that at audiomorphs.podbean.com, or by searching audiomorphs, just any ding-dang ol anywhere. Go to askjeeves.com, type in audiomorphs podcast, I'm sure it'll pop up. Go to your podcast aggregator. Type in Audiomorphs, it'll show up. I believe in it. If you'd like to reach me, you can do that at audiomorphscast at gmail.com or audiomorphscast.tumblr.com. I'd love to hear from everyone. Just say hi. If you use iTunes and you feel moved in your heart to leave me a review and a rating, I'd super appreciate that. I love getting those and reading those and seeing what everyone thinks. And if you feel it in you to tell a friend who might be you think would like Animorphs, or like having Animorphs read to them, go ahead and do that too, I'd super appreciate it. I'd also like to give a shout out to sister podcast The Equalizers, 
hosted by my friends Mike and Madison, they take movies that don't have sequels or prequels, and they just give them one. And it's a very goofy, very funny, very fun show that I really enjoy listening to. So go check them out. That's E-Q-U-E-L-I-Z-E-R-S, like sequelizers or sequel, but you just take the S off and you get equalizers. Uh, Just search for them anywhere you would search for podcasts. Same kind of deal. Okay, that is all I have for you this week. We're almost done with Megamorphs, number one. Thank goodness. This one's... This was thick. This was a thick book, but we're almost there. And so I will see you all next week. My name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight. This is Jack. He's single. Hey! This is Rob. He's also single. I'm so alone! Jack started listening to OK Crusader, the premier Marvel dating podcast. Wow, I love how they used the random page on the official Marvel wiki to discuss and rank the dateability of various Marvel characters. Rob did not start listening to OK Crusader. Do you think I could get a discount if I buy the Fleshlight used? Thanks to OK Crusader, Jack may still be single. Hey, wait, what? But at least he's had a few good laughs along the way. OK Crusader, wherever podcasts are found.